Anybody ready for the word? All right, let's go ahead. We're going to continue the teaching that we've been on for the last couple of weeks entitled Life Hacks from Proverbs. And if you would, turn to our text for today, which is found in Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10, you can swipe, point, poke, pipe, do whatever in your device. Turn in your paper Bible if you got a paper Bible. Just get to Proverbs chapter 10. For the last couple of weeks, our, our pastor has been pulling wisdom out of the book of, of Proverbs, and, and he's been giving us some life hacks. And the official definition of a life hack is a simple and clever tip or technique for accomplishing a familiar task more easily and efficiently. A life hack is a simple and clever tip or technique for accomplishing a familiar task more easily and more efficiently. But I really love the impact definition or the the Bishop Davis definition. A life hack is a simple way to win in this thing called life. It's just a simple way to win in this thing called life. Anybody want to win in life? Come on, do I? Everybody loves winning. I know I love winning. And, and watch this. If you think about it, a, a simple way to win in life, that's why we exist. I, I've said this for years. I've, I, I thought I heard Bishop say it, so I'm giving him credit for it. Uh, if we know our why, we never lose our way. The reason why Impact Church exists is written right over this wall, right over these back doors right here. We exist to equip all people to grow fully in Christ. That's why we exist. That's why we do everything that we do. That's why we're here. Three services, whatever it takes, video, online. Why? Because we're here to help you win. Somebody say, I am not alone. I am not alone. My church family is here to help me to win. And, and, and then that's really what I want everyone to understand today, because we're going to go into a specific piece of wisdom today, but you need to understand that we're here to help you win. That's why we have growth track. That's why we have small groups. We only do four things. We help people to know God. That happens right here on Sunday morning during the service. We help people to find freedom. That happens in small groups, counseling, different ways. We help people to discover their purpose. That happens in our growth track, and we help people make a difference. That's what we do. If you just took those four things and you were committed to those four things and took next steps every, every day this, this year for the rest of the year, you'll see a drastic, great improvement in your life because you're going to go from winning to winning. Yeah. Winning. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Kind of like what the Celtics have been doing with the Miami Heat. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's your cousin from Boston. I had to get it in. Now, watch this. Here's some balance. Let's come back. Winning is not automatic, and it doesn't just happen because we've been around for a long time. Just because you've been around the things of God for a long time doesn't mean you're going to win automatically. Listen to this quote. Winning happens because we are purposeful about renewing our minds with God's word so that we think and act in line with God's thoughts and actions. Winning happens, you want to get this, winning happens because we are purposeful about renewing our minds with God's word so that we think and act in line with his thoughts and his actions. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 it says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. The key to success, the key to winning in life is meditating God's word. 
Think about it. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, we should always have the word of God in our mouths. We should be talking about the word of God, discussing the word of God, studying the word of God, singing the word of God. We should have the word of God posted everywhere. Wake up in the morning, put a little sticky note on the thing. Say the word of God, confess the word of God, declare the word of God, teach your children the word of God. The word of God should always be coming out of our mouth. Hmm? This book of law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate. Now, there's a lot of definitions. Let me give you one that you can really work with. You ready? It's real deep. You ready? Put your spiritual antennas up. You ready? Think about it a lot. That's what meditate means. Think about it a lot. Think about it more than you think about your problems. Think about it more than you think about him. Think about it more than you think about her. Think about it more than your social media. Think about it more than your career. Think about it more than what you're going to wear. Where you're going to go. What store has a sale? Think about the Word of God. Constantly be thinking about the Word of God that you may observe to do. Now, that word observe literally means 360 degrees circumspect, looking at the Word from every angle. I'm looking at the Word from every... Oh, I didn't see that before. Oh, I get over here. I'm observing to do. I want to do what's in here because that's the reason why we read, study, and confess the Word so that we can do it because when we do the Word, it changes our life. So I'm looking at the Word in a 360-degree fashion. Why? So I can do it because when I do the Word, I become successful. When I do the Word, I win in life. Listen to this. One of the keys to winning in life is renewing our mind with the Word of God. I like to say it like this. If you don't like the direction your life is heading in, change the way you think. If you don't like the way your life is heading right now, change the way you think. Meditate on God's word. Think according to the word. Speak according to the word. Do according to the word. Because when you do that, your life will drastically change. Understand something. We as human beings, unless we're, we're operating out of pure basic instinct, which is if we heard a loud noise, outside like a couple of Sundays ago it was a loud noise outside and everybody could hear it you hear a loud noise what do you do whoa whoa what was that what a transformer blew out on the street whoa whoa hey. well, that's instinct but if we're not operating by instinct watch this we're operating by the law of thoughts in Proverbs chapter 23 it says as a person thinks in their heart so are they what we think about we talk about what we talk about we do and what we do changes our life I'm going to say that again. What we think about a lot, we talk about a lot. And what we talk about a lot, we do a lot. And what we do changes our life. That works good and bad. And I just want to encourage you to think according to the word. It's, I'm thankful. You know, I say this. My, my dad made his transition and... <clears throat> He, he, last year at Christmas time, and I'm thankful for the things that, that he taught me. There's certain things that he taught me that, that only he could have taught me on, on how to become a man. Hmm? But what I'm more thankful for is the word of God, because if I just did what he taught me, I wouldn't be doing as much as I'm doing now. But because I would think about what he said, I would talk about it to my brother and sisters, and then, and then we would do it. Some things we would do it so we wouldn't get beaten. I don't know how you grew up, but that's how I grew up. Do what I said or you're going to catch a whooping. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not going to tell you how he used to beat us. That's a whole other message for another day. 
But the point that I'm making is, is that when we, when we take the word of God and we think about it and we talk about it and we do it, it literally changes our lives. Thank God for the things that people have taught us. If they're in line with the word, hold on to them. If they're not, let them go. I have to let some things go that my dad taught me. But there's some things I hold on to because he may not have realized it, but they're based on the word of God. Now, over the last couple of weeks, Bishop has shared wisdom about a mother's love. He gave us three things that we need to know about mothers. And then last week, he gave us some wisdom about stranger danger, how to win when you come in contact with a, a strange man or a strange woman. Today, our focus is going to be a little bit different. Today, we're going to be looking at the hand of the diligent. Now, I'm going to read these passages of Scripture. They're going to put them up on the screens. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, it says, He who has a slack excuse me, hand becomes poor, but the hand of the... Diligent. The hand of the... Diligent. Somebody say, I'm diligent. I'm diligent. The hand of the diligent does what? That sounds pretty good to me. I'm, I'm liking this diligent thing already. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. The hand of the, the hand of the will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Mm, okay. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. A sluggard or a lazy person's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the, the desires of the are fully satisfied. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. The plans of the, the plans of the lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Now listen to this. The word, the word diligent or diligence is it, it simply means to be constant in effort to accomplish something. Be constant in your effort to accomplish something. It means to be attentive and persistent in doing anything. And if you really stop and think about it, the book of Proverbs is really just a continual contrast between the results of the diligent and the results of the lazy. How many of y'all know you want the results of the diligent? Now, another word that is consistently used with uh, diligence is excellence. Diligence and excellence are, are synonymous. They're like two different words that mean the same thing. And excellence is one of our core values here at Impact Church. We have 10 core values that we live by. We stand for these values. We love God. We love people. We're authentic. What you see is what you get. We're totally dependent on the power of God in everything that we do. We're not, we don't need popularity and gimmicks. We just need the power of God. Watch this. We're excellent. We operate in excellence. That doesn't mean we're perfect. It means we do the best we can with what we have. We're generous. We're grateful. We're joy-filled. We're relevant, and we're one team. Now, excellence, watch this, is the gradual result of always striving to do better. Notice the word perfection is nowhere. You don't have to be perfect to be excellent. The excellence is the gradual result of always striving to do better. Let me take a page out of Mamba Mentality. Get 1% better every day. Just get 1% better every day no matter what you do in life. Being a Christian, being a mom, being a dad, being a student, being a friend. Get 1% better every day. At the end of 30 days, you're 30% better than you were 30 days ago. At the end of 60 days, you're 60% better than you were 60 days ago. And at the end of three months, you're 100% better than you were 100 days ago. And then start all over again. Get 1% better. 
better. In Daniel chapter 6, Daniel was promoted while he was in captivity in a foreign land because he was excellent. The King James Bible says he had an excellent spirit about him. He went from being a slave to being the number two in the world's largest nation on the earth right then at that time because he had excellence. He operated in excellence. Listen to this quote. When Christians desire promotion, anybody desire a promotion? Increase. Yeah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I'm talking to you now. When Christians desire promotion and increase, prayer by itself is not enough. We must add action, add faith, which is an action word to our prayers by being excellent in what we do. Uh, I'll say this. I'm not talking to anybody in here because I know we have business owners in here. I used to pastor a church. Uh, in London, England, and I had a lot of Christians at that church, so I'm talking about them. There were some Christians out there in London, (laughs) and they owned their own business, and they thought, oh, all I have to do because Jesus loves me is get a business card printed, put some praying hands on it, put the Christian fish on it, put some some doves on it, put some clouds and a picture of heaven on it, and I'm going to have the best business in the world. No, that's not the way it goes. You can do all those things, nothing wrong with that, but you better have good business practices to go along with all that because what happens is people will say, oh, Christian business? Nah, they they believe in Jesus, good for them, but they don't do a good job. We've got to have excellence in everything that we do. We've got to be the best that we can be with what we have to work with. Just take what you got right now. And be the best at making a product, delivering a product, doing whatever you can do with what you've been given. Be the best at what some of you can cut lawn. Be the best at cutting lawn. Some of you can fry chicken. Fry chicken to the best of your ability. That's excellence. I will buy your chicken. (laughs) But I want to give you a story of a man. His name is Jason McCardo. I want to show you how powerful being diligent is, how powerful being excellent is. They're going to put his picture up on the screen. There he is right there. This man that you see right there seemingly had it all going on, married, uh, manager of a Starbucks, uh, was a chef, uh, and had desires and a dream to be a business owner of a bakery company and or coffee shop, donut shop, cookie shop. That was his desire. Then he fell on some hard times, got laid up from his job, ended up doing time in prison because of drug possession, and eventually became divorced and homeless. Okay? Was staying at a homeless shelter in Philadelphia. And it was at the lowest point in his life that he said, I'm just going to still follow my dream. And became diligent about it. Now watch this. He started by simply being in a homeless shelter and said, hey, I make a pretty good cookie. Would you guys like to add that to your menu for the homeless people? Yeah, sure. So everybody loved his cookies. They're like, bro, you should sell these. This is good. So you know how you go out like in the streets in the busy part of downtown, people playing uh, saxophone or guitar, singing. They're out there just hustling, right? He went out there and started slanging cookies. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, but he was out there (laughs) slanging cookies. Yo, I got these cookies, man, and they off the hook, right? Watch this, though. But then he said, no, his, his goal in, in doing this was this. Watch this, to deliver the best product and the best service that I can possibly do. That was his one and only goal, 
best product, best service that I can provide. He eventually ended up selling cookies, ended up paying for some time in the homeless shelter kitchen, ended up making cookies. He went around to all the business offices that were around that whole homeless shelter in the downtown Philly area and ended up delivering every cookie on time. Hot, ready to eat. Here you go. Enjoy it. Made the best product that he could. In 2016, he had made enough money to buy his dream. He got his own cookie shop, bakery, the whole nine yards. What am I saying? Be diligent. Don't settle for anything less than excellence in your life. You are uniquely and individually designed by God for a purpose. He's given you gifts, abilities, and talents that you need to use. Not just for the kingdom, but for yourself. I told you, I will eat your chicken. I think right in this area here, so I'm, I, someone's going to open up a chicken store. Come on, somebody. <laughs> listen, to, listen to the scripture. Let's get back to scripture. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, Jesus said, the master was full of praise. How many of y'all want praise from God? How many of y'all want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant? It takes diligence to get that praise. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Notice that God doesn't promote based on time served, good personality, or how much you really want that promotion. God doesn't doesn't promote or, or give us larger assignments based on our last name, what side of the tracks we were born on, or who we know. God's system for promotion, hear this, catch it by faith. God's system for promotion is being faithful in a small amount of assignments or a small responsibility, and he'll promote you to greater. 1994, real quickly, 1994, I had just given my life to Jesus Christ in 93, and I said, okay, I'm, I'm just, God gave his life for me. I'm going to give the rest of my life to serving God. And I said, I'm going to serve him, and I was going to be an usher. Now, they were probably a little iffy about me because of my background, so they said, well, we're not going to put you in the auditorium yet. We're not going to put you in the main parking lot. We're not going to put you in the second main parking lot. We're going to put you in this one over here in the corner because we don't know. You're a little shaky. You, you know, you, you, we want to keep our eye on you. And, and my whole goal was I'm just going to be faithful with whatever I'm given. And so people would come late to church. I would be praying for them. I would lay hands on their cars. And pray over their cars. Father, let them sit in this car. Let the anointing hit them. They only got 10 minutes of the word. But when they sit in this car, if they needed their battery jumped, I would jump their battery. If they needed their tire changed, I would change their tire. And, and watch this. Just by applying this simple principle. I went from usher, head usher, assistant youth pastor, youth pastor, assistant pastor, senior, senior assistant pastor, Chief of Staff, when I was in London, I was a co-pastor, dean of the Bible college. I came down to Florida, uh, was, ended up being a, a, a senior pastor in Orlando for Bishop. Then we turned it into a campus, and I ended up being the campus pastor here. Why? Not because of who I am, but because I applied the principle of being excellent. I applied the, princi- applied the principle of being diligent. And, let, and listen to this. God doesn't love Jason McCardo or David Bluen more than he loves you. He'll do it for you if you do what we did. Now, I'm going to give you some character traits about being diligent, all right? 
Because that's what this is all about. Here's some things that you can put into practice about being diligent. Number one, refuse to accept average. Average is the best of the worst and the worst of the best. Average is first cousins to lukewarm, so-so, and, and barely get it done. God has not called us to be average. And we are certainly not called to put forth an average effort. Listen to this, Matthew chapter 5. You're, Jesus said, you're, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. How many of y'all know there's nothing average about that? God is trusting you to be the seasoning for this earth, to let people see him in and through you. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste your godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Our work matters to God, and it's a reflection of his glory in and on our life. Wherever we go, we represent God. Can, can we just agree that we're not going to settle for average? Come on, we're not going to be average Christians. Come on. We're not going to be average husbands. We're not going to be average wives. We're not going to be... Uh, average parents. We're not going to be average students. We're not going to be average employers. We're not going to be average employees. We're going to be above average. We're going to strive for excellence. And I just want to say this to the parents. Don't let your children see average in you. Don't let your children see you settle for average. Now, I've learned this through life experience. I have two sons that are here with us that come to this church. One is 15 and one is 13, so please pray for, pray for Paula and I because we have two teenage boys living in our house. Please, please, pray for us. Stretch your hands toward me. Pray for us. Come on, somebody. But watch this. And what I've learned is they're not necessarily going to grow up and do what I tell them. They're going to grow up and do what I showed them. They're going to do what I did. So as a parent, the greatest lesson, the greatest message that your children will ever hear in their life is not the one that's preached in his pulpit. It's the one that you live in front of them every day. Again, remember, we said excellence is what? You not have to be perfect. Just give a perfect effort every single day. Hmm? Number two, diligent people are faithful to their word. In Psalm number 15, it says, those who despise persistent sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Keeping our word is a matter of character. Whether it's a big thing or a little thing, keeping our word is a matter of character. It's a matter of diligence. It's not okay to sign up for something and then just say, oh, I'm not going to show up. And, and, and again, parents, we need to teach this to our kids. Uh, you know, my, my oldest son, he's playing basketball now, but he wanted to try playing football. I said, all right, son, I never tried to live my broken dreams through my kids. I let them pick what they want, and then I support them. I want to play football, Dad. I want to be a quarterback. Okay. The only thing that Impact had available was flag football. He started it. Two practices. Dad, I don't want to do it no more. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, son. No, no. It don't work like that. You will finish this season. You can do it with my foot in your behind or without my foot in your behind. But why? Because as Christians, we finish what we started. What if God didn't finish what he started? <laughs> Psalm number 132. 
I'm sorry, 138 verse 2. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. Watch this. One of the reasons some people struggle to believe our promises as Christians is because they've lost, lost confidence in our ability to honor what our name means. Christians shouldn't be making promises and saying they're going to do stuff and not end up doing it. Every time we do that, we give Jesus a black eye because Jesus said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to die and in three days I'm going I'm to save the world. Did he do it? Did he, did he deliver? Why shouldn't we? Christians, watch this, are Christ-like. We act like Jesus. We're not perfect. No one's putting pressure on you to be perfect. But if Jesus gave his word and kept it, we should give our word and keep it. Listen to this quote. The honor of our name is built day by day as people compare our word to our actions. Do what you said you would do. The diligent handle their business. I was going to say just like the Celtics, but I won't say that. All right, I'm done. I'm done with the Celtics. I'm done. Proverbs chapter 6. It says, you lazy fool, look at an ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. It is self-managed. All summer it stores up food at harvest. It stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long is it going to be before you get out of bed? A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy, play video games all day. Stay on social media all day. Don't do nothing but talk about people all day. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, that doesn't say all that. You can look forward to a dirt poor life if you're not diligent. One of the character traits of the diligent is that we handle our business. We work our plan and we plan our work. And that's why people love to hire us. Now, does anybody want to know how to handle your business? You ready how you want to, you ready for this? Because it's real deep. You ready? It's in Colossians chapter 3. Listen to this. This is how you be a person that handles their business. Because I, I firmly believe in this. If we know why, then we'll never lose our way. If you know why you're handling your business or how to handle your business, you'll never lose your way. You'll never lose focus of why you're doing it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says, whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as though you were working for the Lord and not for people. So no matter what you do, do it for God. Not for a paycheck, not for public opinion, not for approval and applause and accolades and attaboys and attagirls. Do it to, 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 because that's what God chose you to do. Handle your business. And, 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 and here's a natural thing to go with it. Whatever it takes for you to understand that, what, what does it take? What is the click for you to handle your business? Everything I do for the last 29 years is because I truly believe this is what God has called me to do, and I've dedicated and committed to my life to, 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 to doing that, doing that very thing. That, that's, that's why I do what I do. Thank God for the ability to be up on this platform, but if I was cleaning toilets or being up on this platform, I'm still going to do it because I'm doing it for God. I'm not doing it to get up here. I'm doing it because I am up here. And for me, a mental click, because I'm a sports guy, and a long time ago, a long time ago, I used to play basketball. And so one of the things that I did that was the click for me, I never laced up my sneakers until I was ready to step on the court. When I laced up my sneakers, I would sit on the bench, lace up my sneakers, that's it, it's game time. 
It's not personal. It's game time. We talk, we'll be friends, we'll laugh and joke after, but at the end of the day, it's game time. What makes you click? What makes you go into handle your business mode? And no, that does it for me, even in the things of God. This morning, I'm sitting in the back praying, praying in the Holy Ghost, getting ready for the message, doing all the things I normally do. Before I came out here, I laced up my sneakers. It's game time. I'm about to handle my business. Now, now, if I'm just being honest, I've seen some of your social media. Some of y'all handle your business, but you're not handling it for God. Handle it for God. Have that same attitude. I didn't lose me because I got saved. I just gained all the anointing and grace and, and, and everything that God gave me to do. I'm still that guy. I'm still going to handle my business. Go ahead and try and stop me. Go ahead and try and stop me. Why? Because that's who I am. I'm not saying for you to be me, be you, but do what God put you here to do. Number four, committed to punctuality. Not one amen. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> committed to punctuality. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 26. Never get a lazy person to do something for you. That person will be as irritating as vinegar on your teeth and smoke in your eyes. Listen to this. Being on time is not about, oh, my kids made me late. Oh, I got caught at the traffic light. I got caught at the train tracks. Oh, there was construction. Being on time is a decision to be excellent. Being chronically late unintentionally communicates a few things. Let me tell you three of them. Being unintentionally late, because I know that we're never late on purpose, but it does communicate something. Our actions speak louder than our words. Watch this. It communicates pride. It says, I'm important enough that others should wait on me and my timetable. It shows a lack of respect. It says, your time or who you are doesn't matter enough for me to respect your time and your commitment. Thank you for that one preaching now. Thank you. <laughs> lack of discipline. It says, my life appears to be together, but in reality, I lack the self-control necessary to wake up early enough, leave early enough, go to bed early enough, or plan appropriately to arrive on time. Say, out your old me or something, but you can, you can, come on, somebody. And that's for all of us. To arrive just in time is actually late, and to arrive appropriately early is arriving on time. This is a rule that I learned from 29 years of ministry. On time is late, early is on time, period. And early being 15 minutes minimum. And my kids don't like that. Dad, can I get a ride to this, to this party? Yeah. What time are we leaving, Dad? What time's the party? It's at 7. Okay, we're going to leave at 6.15. Why? Because it takes 30 minutes to get there, and you're going to be early. <laughs> because being early is... Being early is, think about how that's going to translate in their lives as they start growing up and go to businesses and jobs and things. That, come on, somebody. Our kids are going to do what we do. Last one. You ready? We got, we got past that one. Last one. Have a no excuse mentality. Excuses are monuments of nothingness. Excuses build bridges that lead to nowhere. And people who use excuses seldom do anything great in life. No more excuses.
Proverbs chapter 22, lazy people stay at home. They say a lion might get them. Let <laughs> they go up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I enjoy reading the Bible. I do. <laughs> the diligent refuse to look to external circumstances or people to blame things on. They have the power to control it themselves. Here's something that I want to challenge you to do. Refuse to blame others for your lot in life. Accept responsibility for God's plan in your life. Realize that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. It is the great equalizer. They're going to put this quote up on the screens. No matter where you started or why you started there, Christ can rewrite your story. And I think the best way to tell you this is to show you this. They're going to show you a video, and it's about somebody who had every reason under the sun to give excuses, but he chose to let Christ rewrite the end of his story. Take a look. This man has no arms or legs, but watch what he can do. Nick Vujicic is absolutely unstoppable, which happens to be the title of his brand new book, Look at how he autographed a copy for us. I challenge people to turn your obstacles into opportunities. Nick wasn't always so optimistic. He was born without limbs and suffered endless teasing at school. When I was going to mainstream school, I was actually the first special needs child to be integrated into the mainstream school system of Australia. I was the only one in a wheelchair feeling like, oh my gosh, look at me, I'm the only one. I had a couple good friends along the way, but bullying and teasing was prevalent in my life, and I would come home crying, and sometimes actually at lunch times, uh, hiding myself in the garden because it just became unbearable sometimes. At age eight, I told my mum I wanted to commit suicide. She said, why? I said, well, what? What's there to look forward to? And I felt in my life, I'm just a burden to my parents. I'm not going to get married, not going to have a job, and I'm going to be teased for the rest of my life. I couldn't see hope. But all that is behind him. Today, Nick is a motivational speaker and happily married. Our eyes connected and it was fireworks from day one. We all make mistakes, but we're not a mistake. To know that we are all invaluable human beings, every single one of us. There's not another you, there's not another me. And it breaks my heart seeing teenagers drifting with no direction or no purpose. They have arms and legs, but they're not happy, they're not satisfied. I wish I was taller, I wish I was shorter, I wish I had money, drugs, sex, alcohol, pornography, fame, fortune. Not just in teenagers, but people who are 40 and 50 still haven't found peace. And I have. I want people to know that we all can find it. I want people to never give up. I want people to not put limits on what they can achieve. But even if our dreams don't come true, I want people to know, us men, you know, we like to be the provider of the home. Many have lost their jobs. Many of them have got a career change and they don't feel as valuable as they used to be as the big provider. No, my wife needs a good man more than a good provider. And that's what I want people to know. It's who you are that matters most. On Nick Vujicic's funeral, it's not going to be about, oh, he met seven presidents, five congresses, he spoke at it. Millions of people have seen him and all that. Who was Nick? And why was that important? Who you are today matters most. And I really want to start a movement as much as I can. I know many people have gone before me here in this country to bring up awareness of bullying and anti-bullying. But I want to do my part back in this nation as a green card holder. A million people commit suicide in the world, one every 40 seconds. 
I nearly did. But look what happened when I gave my broken pieces a chance. No more excuses. If anyone had an opportunity or a reason to make excuses, it was him, but he didn't. And the reason being is he let Christ rewrite his story. And I just want to challenge you today. Allow Jesus to rewrite your story. It doesn't matter where you started from, where you are. I mean, it doesn't get much worse than that, folks. And, 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 and here's something. Hear, hear this from my heart is that the lies of the enemy is what leads us to excuses. See, the enemy lied to him. Oh, your, your life is not worth living. You just might as well end your life at 12 years old. And that's a real thing. There's no, 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 no right or wrong as far as if you had those thoughts. It's not your thought. The enemy is sending it to you. Don't accept it. It's okay to admit I've had those thoughts. But here's two things. Two things, and I need you to hear this. Number one, tell someone if you're having those thoughts. Our counseling center is, is available to you. Call our counseling center. Hey, I'm having these thoughts, and I need help. Remember what I told you at the beginning of the message? We are to help you. We're here. We exist to help you win in life. Don't struggle. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to get off in the corner, struggle, think there's no reason to move forward, and then do something drastic. Call our counseling center if you're having those thoughts. And then hear this. I'm saying this with every fiber of my being. Hear it with every fiber of your being. You're not alone. Amen. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. God is with you. God is for you. God is on your side. And he's put you in a church that's mission is in life is to help you win in life. Now, I'm not going to call anybody out, but I want everybody, just go ahead and bow your heads. Right there. Bow your heads. And I just want to pray for you. If it's for you, receive it. If it's for someone else, pray along with me. If you've had those thoughts, <clears throat> I want you to just go ahead and receive this. Father, I pray for every single person in this place today. Anyone who's had those kind of thoughts, Father, they're not their thoughts. I pray, Father, that you would help them cast down those thoughts. Help them to arrest the lies of the enemy and not allow them to torment them any further. Father, help them to discipline their thought life. Strengthen them. Give them strength to think about whatever is noble, true, right, pure, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Let them know that you love them beyond compare and that you are right there with them in what they're going through. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, every head remaining bowed, every eye closed in prayer, please. No one moving, walking, or talking unless you have an assignment. There might be somebody in here today that you're trying to rewrite your own story, and Jesus is the only one that can rewrite your story. He changed the narrative. He changed the story for everyone. And now is your opportunity to get in on the rewriting. I know we've all rented DVDs and things like that. We have an alternate ending. Today is your day of alternate endings. This is your day to get your alternate ending. So if you're in here today 
and I'm talking to you and you know I'm talking to you, then in a moment I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I want you to shoot your hand straight up in the air. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer with you that will let you allow Jesus to rewrite the end of your story. Your story doesn't have to go the way it looks. It can be changed right now. But you've got you gotta, you to gotta be diligent. You've, you've got to raise your hand. And then you've got to stick with this God thing. You've got to stick with Jesus. And he'll guide you through every step of your life. So here we go. Lock out all the distractions. On the count of three, if that's you, shoot your hand straight up in the air. One, two, three. Shoot your hands up all over the room. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I see all those hands over there. See those hands in the back. See all the hands in the middle here. Beautiful, beautiful. Online, throw your hand up in the air too. I can't see you but all of heaven can see you. Come on, on this side over here. Come on, anyone else? And Don't miss out on this. Talking about ultimate sacrifice, the people that gave their lives for a country. Jesus gave his life for you. Let him rewrite your story. One more time, anyone else? See that hand back there? Come on, don't miss out. See that hand back there. See those hands, beautiful, beautiful. You can put your hands down. Now I'm going to do exactly what I said I'm going to do. I'm going to pray with and for you. And I'm just going to ask everybody in the room to pray this prayer. Right there quietly at your seat. Let's just all pray together. Say, Father, I do believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for me on the cross at Calvary. I believe they put him in the grave, but he's not there anymore. He arose and is alive right now. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart right now. Come into my life right now. Save me. Forgive me for trying to live life without you. I now commit my whole heart and my whole life to you. And according to the Bible, I am born again. Amen. Come on, Impact Church. Tell me celebrate with all those that made that decision.